a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification. Is a daily drowning of the flesh and a, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, the excellence in Christian Lutheran journalism. Oh, wait, no. Everyone's favorite theological game show is what you're listening to. And your weekly dose of churchmanship. That is right. Now, why don't you uh, explain the uh, theme of today's show? Hey, that was a snicker. Uh, it... <laughs> that was a snicker. This is no laughing matter. You haven't even explained this yet. What are you doing? Yeah, this is the no laughing show. Oh, yeah. Because no laughing. laughing is illegal, disrespectful, and also, I don't know what else, but apparently it's disrespectful. I'm not even smiling right now. I look like, I look like Walker, Texas Ranger. I'm imagining that my son, I, I'm ima- I read the story when I was a kid about this, how the Eskimos kill the wolves by putting blood on the knife, you know, frozen blood on the knife. I'm imagining that picture in my mind right now. That's how stoic I am. I don't know if you're trying to be funny, but you but you're not. I that's a good thing too for you. If here's the way the point deductionator, no laughing point deductionator works. A snicker, minus five. A chuckle, minus ten. And a belly laugh, minus twenty. What about a rolling on the ground laughing? That's minus twenty. That's called a belly laugh. Oh, you don't okay. even know. All right. So no joke. No, there's plenty. There can be joking, just no laughing. Laughing like a schoolgirl, minus fifty. Ooh. I got to write that down on my deductionator here. Okay. In our school very girl. serious show today, then we are playing the games: kick the dog and comfort the child. I think that's everyone's favorite game. Mine. Uh, it's and mine. then a brand new game, which is called "What's This Confess," will be oh, yeah, uh, right. ex- describing that game a little bit. Hey, that was a snicker. No, it wasn't. I heard a snicker. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to let that pass. You better watch it. <laughs> oh, t- oh, that was a laugh. That was a chuckle. Minus 10. I'm glad I had this mute button here. I, nobody will ever know. It was a belly laugh. Uh, now, by the way, this all comes from... We, we've been... Someone, Brian Yamby, our friend Brian Yamby, you know, friend of the show, Brian Yamby, mm-hmm. posted up a previous issue of Table Talk Radio, and we got to see what happens when people listen to our show. Oh, because this is the first time anybody listened. Right. Before this, we just could say whatever we want. No criticism possible because uh, nobody was listening. That's right. You can't criticize what you don't. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, who is there to complain? Right? Nobody. 
Nobody. Nobody's there to complain. That's what, that's what I think. That's the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, someone listened, and now Oops. we get criticized. And I'm sure that was an accident, too, that someone listened. Accidentally put it up on Brothers of John the Steadfast. Yep. Accidentally got he, criticized. He meant to click on, like, God Whispers or something like that and accidentally did the the route to Table Talk Radio website. Someone accidentally Oops. said we were giggling like schoolgirls while we were making fun of this guy at the 5-2 Network. Wait a minute. We were not making fun of any such guy. I Certainly we weren't giggling like schoolgirls. Hey, that was close. Did you mute yourself again? Oh, anyway, this uh, is really let's, impossible. Let's, okay. Did you put yourself? Oh, I heard another laugh there. Did you put yourself in executive session twice now? I mean, it's like I'm a. It's like I'm a typical Fort Wayne grad in my laughter. Ho ho ho! If you, by the way, you're you have a huge disadvantage because I'm hilarious. False. All right. So so what are we doing? So then we're playing. So we're playing the game. Uh, what's what is it? What's the first one? Oh, okay. console kick. the child, kick the dog. Then we're playing the game. What's that? Confess. And then we're playing the game. Ten commandments in the news. You got it. But let's right. go to our voice. Or I guess buzzwords go first in this game in this show, huh? Right. Okay. Right. So uh, I have a buzzword for you, and it is Episcopalian. And uh, Theopedia says, Episcopalian comes from the word episcopal, derived from the Greek word ep- episkopos, meaning overseer, uh, from which we get the English word bishop. It may refer to one who is a member of the Episcopal Church uh, or the form of church government polity found in, a, in the Episcopal Church. The, the Episcopal Church is a member of the worldwide Anglican Communion the churches around the world that trace their roots to the Church of England and maintain a communion with it, hence the name Anglican. Okay? I'm, I remember that. I agree with that definition, by the way. Okay. I was talking to an Episcopalian the other day, and he said, you know, the American Episcopalians are getting so much grief because of, from global Anglicans because most global Anglicans believe a little bit about the Bible— Whereas Episcopalians in the United States believe nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. My buzzword for you, taken from Theopedia.com, is atheological. To be atheological refers to someone or something, church, belief system, etc., that is not concerned with theology as a fundamental part of its worldview. When used to describe people, it indicates an indifference to doctrine or supreme reality. One can be atheological and be well acquainted with one's religion. What makes one atheological is that the why questions to their fundamental life choices are not answered by a theology-driven worldview. Many of the Pharisees, for example, were atheological, whoever's writing this says. They knew the scriptures, but they rejected Jesus in order to preserve their status quo and culture. Well, I don't know about that, but anyway, A. You know, if you put the A in front of something, it negates it. That's how. That's why atheist means no God, and atheological means no theology. Agnostic means no, no knowledge. Now, I, I think it's interesting that, that, that whoever was writing this... Where are you reading this from, by the way? Theopedia. Really? Okay. So the, the person writing this Theopedia article... I don't think this was a staff writer, by the way, though. It seems like... Who couldn't write on this thing? Can anyone? Hey, since this is a, 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 a Opedia, can anybody get on there? I don't no, think No, that's so. a wiki part. That's the wiki part. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I think it's interesting that this person makes a distinction that someone could be well acquainted with religions and still be atheological because the the why question to kind of everything they do is is not concerning theology. Because I was going to ask, wouldn't it be impossible 
for a pastor of a church to be atheological since, I mean, that'd be like having a doctor who is a medical. <laughs> hey, hey, that's a laugh right there. I can't help it that I'm hilarious. Jeez. You know what it might become obvious in this show is that we actually laugh at our own jokes instead of each other's. I'm afraid that that's true. Now, what was I your point again? Because I don't think you're funny at all. So any laughter that I do is going to be because of me. Yeah. I confirm. I agree with that statement. That what, that's what what am I, what's my point value at now? You are minus, that's two chuckles. You're at minus 20. Yikes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a doctor who's like, eh, I'm kind of anti-science, you'd be saying, well, why are you a doctor then? Yes. Um, I, so if I, you I have, would say that. If you have a pastor who's atheological, I mean, all right, anyway. Why are you a pastor? Why are you a pastor? That's right. It might just happen to be that that most people understand pastoring to have nothing to do with theology. In fact... It could be that most people see those two things as the opposite of each other. Would that be kind of like a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing? It would. Hmm. By the way, if anyone's wondering, like you, I'm trying to figure out what other emotions are available for me to express if laughter is not available. I'm feeling and somewhat emotionally stunted right now, if you were worried about that. I'm not. Atheological is my buzzword for you. Okay, well, let's go to the voicemail system. If you have a question or comment for us, you can give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, and uh, here it is. Oh, this is William Tapley, a 30 year the apocalypse co-prophet of these end times. That's amazing. Co-prophet of the end times, I have a question about the Lutheran confessions. In the small car articles, Martin Luther speaks of two uses of the law the internal use and the external use. My question is, does St. Augustine somewhere else use these same two uses? Um, and also, any prophetic insight that you may have uh, would be very helpful. Um, as far as any, uh, per se, games I would like to see on the show, how about prophetic insights in the news? Or um, maybe something pertaining to you know, uh, maybe the third eagle of the apocalypse, William Tapley. Um, oh, that's pretty much all I have to say. Okay. I'm laughing on the inside right now. <laughs> thanks, thanks, William. Yeah, William Tapley. It's, it's too bad your call was featured on today's show, or else we would be laughing. But yes, we'd be rolling on the ground right now. Nope, You're right. Yep. That's right. Face is like ice. So apparently, Luther talks about internal and external uses of the law. Um, this is to be the external use would be the. What we normally call the first use, the societal use, the ordering of society. And the internal use is the showing of sin, the crushing, demolishing, showing forth. Our, it's amazing how William Tapley, the third eagle of the apocalypse, knows so much about the small called article. Well, I think it was a prophetic revelation to William Tapley. I, somewhat, I saw somewhere, maybe on Brothers of John the Steadfast, maybe on this fight thing that were happened, that said most people think the small called articles is something skimpy beachwear. Isn't it? Huh. 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 Well, to look into that, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. When we get back, we're going to finish up this phone call and play Kick the Dog, Comfort the Child. We'll be right back. I started singing bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye and singing, This will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. Table Talk Radio. Answering the age-old question. If a radio show is broadcasting and no one listens, 
Does it still make a sound? Crying. That's the other emotion you could have, not laughing. You could be crying when listening to Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. (laughs) Oh, that's a laugh right there, buddy. That was a snicker. True. Okay. So before the break, we. <laughs> sorry, that's another laugh. That is a chuckle. You are horrible at this I, not laughing. I oftentimes laugh you're, at ridiculousness. You're laughing at the jokes that you think I'm going to make. You're like it when I go to tickle the kids, and before I even touch them, they start laughing. That's how. Are you on mute now? No, I'm here. Right. Anyway, um, before the break, we were talking about the internal and external uses of the law. You have anything oh, yeah. else on that? Oh, oh, so now William Tapley, Third Eagle of the Apocalypse, called and asked if St. Augustine has that same distinction in his stuff. Now, this is a trick because he said he had a question about the Lutheran confessions. But, ah, this, is not, but this is not about the Lutheran confessions. This is about St. Augustine. Now, I found a section here in St. Augustine on the spirit and the letter, and I'm looking around. Wait a uh, minute. So is, for, is Lumpy handing this stuff to you? Yeah. Because I'm pretty Believe sure you wouldn't have done this show prep by yourself. I got all this extra time now that I'm not laughing. I know. This is weird. Oh, you got close this, right there. This this show is now going to be half an hour instead of an hour long because we have to cut out all the laughing. I know. Now, for example, chapter 20, the law without grace. Chapter 21, the law of works and the law of faith, where Augustine says, The law, then, of deeds, that is, of the law of works whereby this boasting is not excluded, and the law of faith, which by which it is excluded, are different from one, one another. So there's two types of laws there. Uh, and he'll go on, no man is justified by the wor- works, etc. I think, though, that this is it's chapter 16, where this is going to get as close as we can to this distinction in Augustine, how the law was not made for a righteous man. Uh, and where Augustine starts with these two texts, 1 Timothy 1, 8 and, uh, and 9, which says, For the righteous man the law was not made, and yet the law is good if, it's, if a man uses it lawfully. And connecting these two together, these two seemingly contradictory statements, the apostle warns and urges his reader to sift the question and to solve it too. For how can it be that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully, and also the law is not made for a righteous man? For who but a righteous man lawfully uses the law? Yet it is not for him that it is made, but for the unrighteous. Must then the unrighteous man, in order that he may be justified, that is, become a righteous man, lawfully use the law to lead him as by a schoolmaster's hand to the grace by which he alone can fulfill what the law commands? Now it is freely, etc., etc. So I think, so the, I think the answer is going to be, if someone had more time to look at this, the answer to William Tapley, third eagle of the apocalypse co-prophet of the end times yes saint augustine has this distinction okay well thank you william tapley for calling the uh the, the, the number here on i do Table not Talk know Radio. about this william tapley much uh but I, I do i like a guy who will give himself two nicknames <laughs> the, the the our friend over at uh fighting for the faith chris roseborough has a regular feature where he's checking in with william tapley and seeing what ridiculous uh prophecies he's uh he's getting so here i found it I found William Tapley. Yeah, we can't hear that, so you should probably just shut it off. All right. Uh, So we're going to play a little game called uh, Kick the Dog, Comfort the Child, and the way this works is uh, 
Uh, we bring out some thing or question or teaching that's going on, and, and we address it one of two ways. One of us addresses it uh, is the kick the dog. That is that we uh, bring a bit of a, oh, how would you say it, Pastor Wolf, more a harshness to this Ferocity. teaching? Ferocity. Ah, yes. Boldness. Yeah, that's right. And then with undaunted the, courage, and then the maybe other, a little bit of sarcasm. Uh, I don't remember know. We'll that. see. Remember, what was we'll the see idea? What we have time you, for if, 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 sarca- if sarcasm doesn't work, then pursue condescension. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. That was the strategy. Yep. Which is our strategy. I think now. that is a good strategy. We have this is part of our our COP, which is our Calvinist outreach program, and our COP, which is our also our Catholic outreach program, and our. And it is uh, foundational to the COPD, which is the cult of pure doctrine. And then I was thinking about starting a new thing inspired by the the conversation that happened when someone listened to our show accidentally on Brother John Steadfast, and that is the CCOP. I didn't run this by you yet. The CCOP would be the Church Consultant Outreach Program. So this would be our attempt to reach church consultants. What do you think about that idea? Um, we could try it. Let's, let's, let's give it a, let's give it a spin. Um, Mike, I think I remember you saying on that, on said conversation that, um, they should not be taken seriously theologically. Well, you can't, sometimes you just can't laugh at these things. All right. And especially in today's show. Right. Uh, okay. So the, I will bring forth then a teaching and I'll let you pick Pastor Wolfman if you're going to kick the dog or comfort the child. And let's say some, you hear someone talking about how, um, you know what I just found on the internet, by the way? The Church Consulting Society. Ooh. What the heck? These guys. Where's this quote from Ketchemeyer that he sent me on the Facebook the other day? This Remember this famous Bonhoeffer quote where Bonhoeffer says, God hates visionary leaders? Remember that? No. But- here, I'm going to read you this Bonhoeffer quote. Do you have it right in front of you? Yeah, here it is. Okay. I found it on the Facebook. God hates visionary dreaming. It makes the dreamer proud and pretentious. The man who fashions a visionary ideal of community demands that it be realized by God, by others, and by himself. He enters the community of Christians with his demands, sets up his own law, and judges his brethren and God himself accordingly. He stands adamant, a living reproach to all others in the circle of brethren. He acts as if he is the creator of the Christian community and is... If, and is and as if his dreams bind men together. When things do not go his way, he calls the effort a failure. When his ideal picture is destroyed, he sees the community going to smash. That's my favorite line, to smash. So he becomes first an accuser of his brethren, then an accuser of God, and def- and finally a despairing accuser of himself. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Life Together, pages 27 to 28. I think he kind of nailed most pastors today, didn't he? Visionary. God hates visionary leaders. That's what I think is true. Um, Yeah, I like it. So this is our church consultant outreach program, begun today. Dear church consultants. That was for you. Okay. Now back to the game. Uh, Kick the dog, comfort the child. So I'm going to bring bring forth uh, something that maybe someone was talking about, and I'll let you pick if you want to kick the dog or comfort the child. All right. So suppose you hear someone talking about how in order to truly experience the forgiveness of God, you don't need to read the Bible's just words off a page, but you really need to experience God's forgiveness uh, through the forgiveness of his Jesus followers. Um, well, I'll, why don't you console the child and I'll kick the dog? Okay, well, start kicking. 
what? Oh, yeah. So this is where I go bizarro? Yeah, go ahead. I'm so emotionless. I'm just kind of flat. I'm not even pumped up yet. Okay. No, say it to me it? again. Let me get you, angry. You, I was say, do you want me to play a little uh, um, Eye of the Tiger or something to get you pumped up? That would or? be good. That would be helpful. <laughs> okay, or a, so... Or maybe a Braveheart sound. Ooh, that'd work. I'll put it on in the background. So someone is talking to you about how in order to experience the forgiveness of God, it, you don't get that from just reading Bible, Bible verses off the page, but that is through experiencing the uh, forgiveness through the Jesus followers. Yeah, this is a new invention of a way to experience God, a new way to despise the Scriptures, because apparently God's Word is not good enough for you. Uh, apparently uh, His promises, the, the written Word, the preaching of the prophets and apostles upon which the Church is founded, is not good enough for you. Apparently the Scriptures, which God breathed out Himself, which were inspired by the Spirit to the prophets, are not sufficient, and you need something else. Because nobody, apparently, is content with the Scriptures, and everybody needs something more. And your more is just a, a kind of a choose-your-own-adventure selection. Pick your Jesus followers and, uh, and follow them. But all this does, is, all this amounts to, is a despising of the gift of the Scriptures and the means of grace. And, and this is the devil's whole track, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if the devil can cut you off to, uh, from, the, from the Lord's Word and cause you to break the third commandment, which is you shouldn't despise the preaching in God's Word, uh, then he prevents the very forgiveness of sins from getting to you. And then you fall into despair, because that's what you get when you find forgive, look for forgiveness in the Jesus followers, despair. Poor dog. Okay, uh, dear child. It's it's a ridiculous doctrine, by the way. I can't... Okay, go ahead. Is this new? Is this a new false doctrine? Um... You, you think know, about I think that. it is. I think it is because it's one of it, it's one of the marks of modern theology is this obsession with the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, at least the ancient heretics heretics were thinking about Jesus. You know, mm. now modern heretics are just they can't even get that far. Like, they can't hey, see let, past let, their own. Yeah, let's let's sit around and look at our own belly buttons all day. <laughs> that was a laugh. It was more of a chuckle. Uh, uh, dear child, uh, do not look to. Jesus' followers who are sinners, look rather to Christ. Christ gives, gives himself to you in his holy word, and he gives himself to you in his sacraments of holy baptism and in uh, the Lord's Supper, where he says, take, eat, take, drink, this is given for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And also in his holy word, which are Bible verses off a page, he says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So from the word of God, you can know that your sins are forgiven even if the Jesus followers sin against you. How's that? That's pretty pretty nice. Yeah. See, I can comfort yeah. the child. You were questioning my child-comforting abilities. I was? No, I knew you had it in you. Okay, good. Well, why don't we, do you want to do another round of this before we move on? Or oh, yeah, maybe do two. I ever. Yeah, we'll play this a little this. bit more after this break, and then we'll play What's This Confess. You're listening to the one, the only, excellent in Christian Lutheran journalism, Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Ask 
me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. You are listening to Table Talk Radio, and that is not a laughing matter. No, this is serious business. We are playing. This is your weekly dose of serious, serious theology and humble churchmanship. Yes. And games. Anything else? I don't even like playing games, though, anymore, since I can't laugh at them. No, I mean... No, la- no laughing. What's the what's the scoreboard, by the way? You are down. You're down four chuckles and a snicker. You're negative forty five. I'm at zero. By the way, I have not. I have not. My face is not even cracked, except for I almost exploded during the break. But I did notice. Other that. than that, I'm. 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 You're just I'm stoic. Stone cold. Yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm like. I'm like the. I'm not even stoic. I'm like the porch. That the Stoics stood on. Good to know. Okay, let's that do was it. pretty close. Let's do another laughing. round. Because of... you know, Stoic means porch, and yeah, yeah. Okay, this porch is marble. That was a hilarious joke. I know, and I would have laughed, but the zero laughing here because we are serious here, and uh, we're going to play another round of kick the dog and comfort the child. Why don't you bring one here, Pastor Wolfman? Oh, you want? Oh, oh, I a, I heard that... a chuckle there. Uh oh. Dang it! That 10. was not a chuckle. That was a snicker. Well, I don't know. Chort- I think that it was, was a, a chortle. It was a, that was a chortle. You're gonna t- give me a whole chuckle. You're gonna take off ten points for that. Gee whiz. Okay, let me find something here. Hold on. I didn't know I was gonna be up. Uh, here, here is a. Oh, where did it go? This was gonna be. Oh yeah. Hold on. You better have one. I'm this, looking this, for this thing. Uh, yeah, I I'm looking you... for this conversation where. I didn't know I was supposed to actually do any prep for this. Oh yeah, I forgot. We we I haven't won a bet recently, so I got to do all the show prep. Uh, okay, let's say. Um, uh, I'm gonna have to do some editing on this episode. Hey, let's just pause it and think of something. I could. What if I? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got one for you. What if someone says to you something like this? Uh, you'll if you pray hard enough. You'll hear from God, and you'll know what to do next. Okay, I'm going to kick the dog on that one. All right. So if you pray hard enough, God, say, that, say it all again. You'll hear, if you pray hard enough, you'll hear from God, and you'll know what to do next. Oh, so you think that God uh, is waiting on you to speak. In other words, God can't speak himself. Uh, but he is just sitting on his hands waiting. I wish someone would pray to me hard enough, and then I would speak. And then when he does speak, you think he speaks to you because you're something special, rather than speaking in his divine word, his revelation, his holy scriptures. And you think also when he speaks, it's something it has something to do with about you rather than about his son Jesus. So let's just throw away the Bible that testifies of Jesus. Let's just uh, throw away the prophets and the apostles who who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And no, no, no. Let's have God's revelation be all about you when you pray hard enough. How's that for kicking the dog? That's pretty good. Okay. Now, why don't you come with the child? Well, uh, I understand sometimes we don't know what to do next. This is one of the things that oftentimes in this life that we come to these very difficult situations. 
and we we're stuck. It, and sometimes it seems like there's no good option. It seems like we sin one way or we sin the other. There's just no good choice, and and so we're frozen. But we have to do something. We have to act, and so we pray and we trust the Lord, and we we trust that He'll give us wisdom. Now, one of the temptations that'll come along is that the devil tempts us to say that the uh, scriptures are not enough, and that we need to hear something else. And really, when we say that if we pray, God will will tell us what to do next, and uh, then we'll know what to do. He'll speak to us when we know what to do. That's a tricky way that the devil comes along and tries to get us to believe that the Lord hasn't given us all that we need in the Scripture. But we trust that when we pray that the Lord answers us, but that he answers us it, with the Scripture itself, and that the Scripture has, have, has enough for us uh, that we don't need anything else from God. Ah, very good. Okay, why don't we go on to the next game? Uh, What's this confess is the name of the game. Oh yeah. And the do I w- need to think of things for this too? By the way, maybe. Well, I have a Great. I have a short list, but you can jot a few things mm-hmm. down if they come to mind. The way this works is we're going to propose a particular idea in church practice. Um, yes. And then uh, we're going to maybe give kind of a practical argument for, or, or maybe a typical reason someone might bring this up, say, hey, pastor, let's do this, let's do that, and maybe give the reason why that they think, a person might think, that we should have this practice in the church. And then we're going to talk about what does this actually confess, what theology, what does this say about our belief that's going on. And so this is going to end well. I think so. I think so. This is along the lines of how to win friends and influence people. Yes. Is that right? I agree. This game is the game that is going to make us more friends. I think so. I'm just guessing. Well, I think that there, there can be good and bad here. So I'll tell you what. Okay. We'll, we'll start off in the positive. I'll start off um, with a positive one, and then you can okay. talk about what, what this might confess. All right. Um, uh, but let me first say, though, that there is a caution with this game. And the, yes. the caution is that when we, when we maybe do the negative examples, which we'll get into a little, in a little bit, yes. uh, we're not here necessarily saying that uh, anyone who departs from this practice that we're promoting is, is not orthodox. Heterodox. Or, yeah, something like that. But we just want you to understand that there is a confession that goes along with the practice, okay? We want, we're, I, no, look, at, you, you are trying to soft-pedal this. We're here because we're jerks. That's why we don't laugh and why we're very serious. And if anyone deviates in these practices, I think they're suspect. Okay. Well, you can contact Brian at PRBW at oh, tabletalkradio.org. This is, this is... Okay. So the, the, here's, here, here's, the, here's the one that would be a good example. Pastor, um, I always grew up that we would have a, a common cup, a chalice for communion, and we don't have that at our church. So would it be? Can't we just get a chalice, a common cup for communion? Oh, now what do I do with this? Now, How do we play? You you talk about what that might confess theologically by having a chalice oh. or a common cup. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a good idea to have a chalice. I like it, and I'm glad you suggested that because uh, because Jesus took a cup, and we should also take a cup. That's good. Now that's not to say that the little individual cups are not cups because they are in fact cups. That's why we call them cups. Individual cups. Get it? Mm-hmm. And we should not despise that either. Um, but, you know, some people, the reason why some people don't like the chalice is because of the germs. They're worried about the germs. Uh, and, but I have to tell you that there's nothing to worry about because when the pastor is cleaning the chalice, he's, he's taking it in his hand and he's spinning it around. 
and the germs that are on the edge get dizzy and they fall into the wine and die. And that's just solid science. So, I don't know that you're understanding this game. Okay, so I uh, maybe the individual. I mean, the the having the chalice would. S- what was it supposed to confess something? Well, do you think that that, that, would that having, we're all united together in Christ or well, something I like the Didache so. tells us that it's one loaf that we break and, but it's not actually one loaf. You have like a hundred little tiny individually cooked loaves. And then we have one cup, so we're all united in Christ. It's a good symbol of that. I'm against symbolism. That's why I don't like this game. You're against symbolism. Do you make do you make the sign of the cross? Yeah, uh, I'm almost always against symbolism, except for that. <laughs> that right there counts as a belly laugh. <laughs> I don't care. I was thinking about that was by the, the most way, ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I'm against symbols, but I make the sign of the cross. <laughs> I'm I. Uh, I was thinking about making the sign of the cross with both hands at the same time. I'm doing it right now. Can you picture D- it? Doubling it up? Yeah. Okay. Both hands on the forehead. I'm going to give you another both shot hands on the this heart. game. I'm going to give you another Right shot hand on the left shoulder, left hand on the right shoulder, then cross back, and then back to the middle. The du- it looks a little bit like the chicken dance, but that is my double-handed... You know, because someone had the question, well, doesn't the Eastern Orthodox use one hand and the Roman Catholics use the other, which I don't know if that's true or not. I can't figure that out. I looked on the Wikipedia. didn't help me. But I figured, well, we should use both hands for the sign of the cross from now on. Okay. I'm going to give you another shot at this game. Uh, this time, maybe I think you'll probably do better with this when it's uh, negative examples. And, oh. Pastor, I think uh, having these, these hymnals are just terribly laborious. That It's hard to get around. It's hard for our visitors. So I suppose, I, I'm suggesting, Pastor, that instead of having these hymnals, we get rid of them and we could just project the whole service right there on the screen in the middle of church. What do you think about that, Pastor? Yeah, the, so the symbolism is that instead of everyone being individual, we're all singing from the same thing, and instead of looking down, we're all looking up. And it symbolizes the the body of Christ rejoicing together in heaven, singing to the Lord. Is that the kind of thing? You're awful at this game. You're terrible at this game. <laughs> That's a laugh right there. Another minus 10. You know the well. You know what the hymnal does symbolize. I'll tell you what it symbolizes right now. It symbolizes this: that this worship is here to stay. It's 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 from the ancient times and it's going into the future times. Enough that it's so solid that you put it in a book. You can't put a top forty in a book. I mean, the, the only way you could do a hymnal if you did contemporary worship is by publishing a magazine. Change every month. How about that? Yeah. Do you think that counts? What do you you have something on your mind though? Yeah. What do you think about? What are you thinking? Why don't we go to a break? We're gonna go to a commercial break, and then when we come back. Uh, we'll play Ten Commandments in the news. And, I gotta have, uh, have a long break so I can laugh some. This yeah, is torturous. Well, I'll tell you some jokes during the break. Don't worry. Yeah. So you can get all your laughing out, and then right. uh, yeah, that'd be good. I gotta act grumpy so as to not laugh. You're grumpy anyway. So what's the difference? Huh? Okay, listening to the covering it up is good today. Table Talk Radio will be right back and play Ten Commandments in the News. Don't go away. (laughs) 
This is Dr. Carl Fikentra, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Even though you have no one to blame but yourself, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Zero Laughing, Zero Fun Table Talk Radio. It ain't funny. It, it ain't. It ain't funny. You remember that line mm-hmm. from it's the from, guy? Yeah, from your friend uh, Roy D. Mercer. Roy D. Mercer. Take notes of the funny. news is the game. The way this works is uh, one of us has a news item, and the other person has to... Uh, figure out which I, which of the Ten Commandments are involved in the story. This helps you understand the world in, in light of the Ten Commandments. Not necessarily a breaking of the commandments, but that uh, you would see that the, the Lord has given us the Ten Commandments to, uh, to, for our world, for our, our living, for our society, and so that we would see them involved in every, every place of life. So, uh, Pastor Wolfmother, what, I understand you have, you've done some show prep. Congratulations. <coughs> I did. I looked at the news today. Hope this it's is a from funny, the Huff Post. I hope it's a funny one. Oh yeah, headline. I found this on someone fo- posted this thing on our Facebook page. Remember that? The Facebook. Heard, heard of it? So much for religious people being more righteous. Do you like that headline? A little bit accusatory, I'd say. Hmm. Uh, here's the first line. So much for religious people being more righteous than non-believers. Sure to be controversial news, new research shows that religious and non-religious people are equally likely to misbehave. The only difference between the groups is that religious people show stronger emotional reactions to moral and immoral deeds, This is i.e. Going they to be, have a conscience. This is going to be interesting. To our knowledge, it's the first study that directly assesses how morality plays out in people's everyday lived experience. Uh, Dr. Linda Skitka a psychologist at the University of Illinois at Chicago, and the co-author of a paper describing the research, said in a written statement, this study, for the study, a team of researchers... Oh, by the way, did I tell you that I'm going to apply for an exercise study? Oh, yeah, I got the paperwork right here. This is, um, by the way, I, I changed topics. Do you get paid for it? Yeah. Hold on a minute. This is, uh, this is, not, this is Pastor Flammy's paper on Panaberg and the Lord's Supper. Here it is. Consent authorization form you got to go do five minutes of exercise every day. Sounds like a good they, idea, doesn't it? What are they testing? Testing to see if exercising is healthy, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know Probably all the details. Not. You say, I, I don't know. dig I, into it. I, I don't know any deep research. That's right. Stairs? Anyway, for the study, <laughs> a team of researchers led by psychologists. I see escalators I like say, and think, all i got to do is keep my balance. Escalators really make you look down on stairs. You're nothing more than an organized hill. Led by psychologist Professor Dr. William Hoffman of the University of... No! What do you mean by laughing? I'm reading the article. What are you doing over there? I'm just enjoying Being so quiet. My eyes are bleeding, but I'm not laughing. I'm going to play some Jim Gaffigan in the background. The moving sidewalk is the cousin to the escalator. They have an announcement at the end. Sidewalk is coming to an end. Is that dumb? What, what would we do with it? Standing there at the end saying, 
this thing's going real slow now. It stopped. Why did someone make an announcement? You remember when you were a kid and you weren't supposed to laugh in church and then you know, your brother says something funny and so you're trying to hold it in? Yeah. Just wondering. I started to cry. That's why my eyes are bleeding. Anyhow, this guy, psychologist, uh, recruited 1,252 men and women between the ages of 18 and 68. The study participants, all of whom are from the U.S. or Canada, completed an initial survey to indicate their level of religiosity. I didn't know that that could be measured. I was going to ask, how do you measure that? From not at all to very much. Survey showed where the men and women fell on the political spectrum from very liberal to very conservative. Where do you think you and I would fall on that thing? Very serious is where it would be. Mm -hmm. Next, the subjects received surveys via text message five times a day for three day for, uh, a day for three days. In these surveys, men and women described any moral and immoral acts they had committed, witnessed, been the target of, or heard about within the past hour. Examples included, I gave a homeless man an extra sandwich that I had, or I caught my teenage son looking at some stuff on the Internet. For each act, they described what had happened and how they had felt about it. What did the research find? Religious and non-religious people alike reporting experiencing around the same number of moral acts. Experiencing. Do you see that? Oh, see, this is different than what the headline proposed. Furthermore, no difference was found between liberals and conservatives. People reported committing good deeds more often than bad ones and reported hearing about bad deeds more often than good ones. Oh, my goodness. Shock. This is, this is ridiculous. The researchers also found that people who benefited from good deeds often paid them forward, doing something good for someone else later on. The only difference between the religious and non-religious people include how they felt about and described moral acts. Religious people were, were more likely to express pride over performing moral acts, grace, gratefulness over benefiting from moral acts, and guilt and disgust over immoral ones. Conservatives and liberals differed in the kinds of moral acts that they focused on. Okay. If this was any other episode, this would be laughable. Because... No, no, are you, no this is serious. I know. If it was, in, if it was any do other not, episode, I... It do would, not mock them. Look, you cannot mock you're this asking reporting. people to text message in their good works. Okay, so if you do anything good, let us know right away, okay? Okay, I will. I mean, who do you think is going to have more good works if you do that? The person that is patting themselves on the back the most. Hey, look, this is th a this just test. in. Those who are prideful have more good works than anybody else. That was pretty funny. Psychologist. How did I say that before? I thought that was pretty good. Psychologist. I don't know. But I think it's th this is going to be interesting because um, I, I I think we could play another game here, th and this yeah. other game is name that underlying straw man fallacy. Wow, that sounds like fun. <laughs> and I was wondering when we were going to have a fun game like that. We'll have to save that for another episode because this is the zero fun show. Yeah. But uh, you mean. know, so so embedded in read the headline for us again. Okay. It says this: so much for religious people being more righteous. Ah, so the a bit the, the assumption is is that righteousness. Well, first of all, we should say that righteousness here is obtained by doing good works. Yes, which is a faulty premise. But right. but under that definition of righteousness, this is that uh, uh, those who are religious do more good works. Now, I think that there's. I mean, there's a ton of distinctions to be made here. First of all, that. Uh, uh, as far as our righteousness before man, um, it's not necess necessarily true. 
Yeah. That uh, someone who is a oh I don't know a atheist or just someone who is uh, agnostic or just doesn't care, uh, someone who is atheological could just didn't not could do just as many quote unquote good works in the in the guy next to him. But when we understand these things theologically, five hundred points for me for using the buzzword is that huh. um, that good what what God defines as good is complete perfection obedience in his uh, in in him, which is only obtained by faith in Christ because we cannot be perfect before him. So this is just a big convoluted, you know, poorly executed uh, study that. I'm not too happy about. I can't say, I can't believe you said anything about like that, about anything on the Huffington Post. I know. Here's an interesting line. Liberals more often mention moral phenomenon related to fairness and honesty, said co-author Dan Wineski, a psychology professor at St. Peter's University in Jersey City, told Life Science. Conservatives more often mention moral phenomenon related to loyalty and disloyalty or sanctity and degradation. Interesting. You get to define your own good works, too. That is also helpful when you're comparing the good works of one group to another is to let them define their own good works. Right, yeah. I mean, if we'd, under, if we'd understand that in, in the way that Luther talks about good works, to just look at the Ten Commandments, hey, I just changed my baby's diaper. That's a good work. Hey, what commandment is that? Changing baby's diaper, fifth commandment. You don't even have a baby. That's a I am just, as, a, as an example. Right. Um... So, okay. so what? Uh, so what commandments does this have to do? So we're going to be dealing with. Um, uh, well, let's start with the second table. No, uh, fifth commandment in. Um, we talked about paying it forward to to these, um, you know, whatever good works this agnostic identifies for himself, paying that forward to other people, serving the neighbor, uh, caring for his welfare. Fifth commandment. Where does text messages come into the commandments? Eighth commandment. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, good witness. Um, oh, that is, that is the other thing that it talked about, is an, is an experiencing morality. So that the headline would lead you to believe that, that it's actually the person's uh, transgressions that would render him more or less righteous than another. But uh, when you get into it, they're, they're text messaging into the study people about, hey, so-and-so just did this immoral thing around me, so I'm letting you know about it. Uh, so now it's this, it's this sins against you or sins around you, but not necessarily sins that you're committing, um, which is interesting, too. I think that is interesting. It's not just—it's like, I mean, you're walking down the street, and, like, some thug robs some guy next to you, and— Probably skews the results. Yeah, I mean, and so, and then, meanwhile, the Christians are going, uh, "Oh, I just sinned, so I guess I, I uh, am not very righteous." Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this no laughing matter. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio, where we're very serious. Thanks for listening to this edition very of Table Talk Radio. Serious. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.